0: Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Maximum Octane. I am your ringleader, Kim Hickey, and today I am so excited about my guest, and it's probably one of the first people that I thought of to have on here when I decided to do a podcast, and that is Mr. Dennis No, Hello, Dennis. How are you today? Oh, hello, So what is so fabulous about Dennis, Um, besides he's an amazing speaker and and all the other things, he's an author of uh, two different books, Lessons from the Mouse, and also Unleashing Excellence, which we'll have the links for you and uh, all of the stuff about Dennis. But your career, I mean, holy cow, when you talk about today's world, how important it is to have great customer service and differentiate yourself from others. And not be just a brick and mortar, you know, building. I mean, you you were doing this way before it was cool. Like you, <laughs> you were on this track before it was yeah. cool and sort of the end thing to do about having a good culture and providing excellent service and providing great training and all that. Yeah, that's my that. life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it wasn't very vogue back then when you started doing it, where now it's, you know, all the things people talk about. So you started your career early on. And uh, at Disney, right, in like 1979? Yeah, I started
1: in 79 at Disney World.
0: So can you walk me through a little bit to how do you start working at Disney and and become the amazing mentor and leader that you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I
1: I was in college at the time and uh, was getting ready for a summer break and was thinking about what I wanted to do for a summer job. And it was actually my father, my dad said, well, why don't you? I was living in Vermont at the time. He said, well, why don't you go down and try and get a job at Disney World for the summer? So I thought, well, that sounds like kind of a fun idea. So I, I hopped in my beat up old Oldsmobile and uh, made it all the way down here to Florida. And I got a job at Disney World working at an attraction that's actually not there anymore, called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, I was Captain Nemo, and, uh, and so I got a summer job, fell in love with it. I just had, the, had a wonderful time, went back to school there, came back the following summer, worked for another summer, and decided, you know what, this is what I want to do. And I transferred to the University of Central Florida and uh, became a full-time cast member out at, out at Disney World and then just kind of worked my way up through the company you know from a ride operator to a lead which is what they would call a foreman to a supervisor to manager and so forth and uh, worked there ended up you know what was originally going to be a summer job ended up working there for 20 years and then in 1999 i decided that i was going to go out on my own and and do my own my own thing and started my training and consulting business, which has has been a fabulous thing. And I've actually been doing this longer than I worked at Disney World. So, uh, so, so that's interesting.
0: Wow, I didn't think about that. That you your sort of second act has been longer than, yeah. than your first one. What are the things that you picked up from when you worked at Disney? There were a lot of lessons that you learned and people can read about that in your book. But what are some of the things that really stand out to you that you learned from your, your career at Disney?
1: Yeah, some of the key things is there's a phrase called everything speaks that every detail is either enhancing your brand or detracting from the brand. So one of the things that we were that we were trained to really focus on to pay was to pay attention to the details. Uh, if you saw a piece of trash on the ground, it was your job to go over and pick it up and throw it away. It was non-negotiable. And it didn't matter if you were Captain Nemo or the <laughs> vice president of marketing. If you saw a piece of trash on the ground, you went over and picked it up and threw it away, and uh, it was that was one of the things that was just ingrained into. And interestingly enough, uh, out of everything, the number one compliment that Disney World gets is how clean the place is, and that's the reason why. It's 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 everybody's job. They talk about that your job can become very repetitive. You know, I worked on the rides, and you're loading people on the rides. Watch your head and step. Watch your head and step. I don't don't know how many hundreds of thousands of times I said that. Watch your head and step. And you're doing these, you know, just multiple times a day. Where's answering? Where's the restroom? Uh, Where can we watch the parade? And you have to remember that the guest is experiencing all this many times for the first time. That, you know, they're getting on this ride for the first time. They're watching the parade for the first time. You have to be excited for them. You have to understand that, that, that they're lost. They don't know where things are that you know, you know, you know where everything is, but they don't know. So you have to treat every single guest as a very important person. And this is the first time that question is being asked you know, and treating them with respect and dignity, you know, that was another big takeaway that you're part of a show, you know, you're not just, you're not there to do a series of tasks, you're part of a, of a bigger show, and uh, you play a key role in that show.
0: That's so important, and I think we forget about that in life, and even with people close to us, you know, when it's every day you see them whether it's internal customers, external customers, friends, business associates, we get in that routine and and we lose some of that, you know, excitement and the passion and and it's really can show. And I don't know, you know, I I just not too long ago saw a, a band that I won't say how long I've been watching, but to watch them sing their songs today from, you know, 30 years ago, like uh-huh. you talk about phoning it in. I mean, my gosh, it was like weekend at Bernie's almost. And it was like, oh, if really? you really are that unhappy or you lost your passion for yeah. this song, because you've been singing it thousands of times, you know, uh-huh. to, to millions of people for 30 years, then it's probably time to get off the road because right. for some of the people there, it's the first time they're seeing it. Right. Like, as you said, and, it's so important. We, we just get so caught up in ourselves and we don't think about the other part of the equation, yeah, what we're there to exactly do. exactly right. You
1: cannot phone it in. Phoning it in is a great expression. Uh, you can't phone it in. You know, people coming to Disney World and those who are participating in this podcast, they know it's a very expensive place to visit. You know, it's, it's, it's not a cheap experience. And they deserve your full attention. They deserve they deserve that excitement. They deserve that that dignity and respect. And uh, that's up to us. It's up to us to deliver that every every single time. And and the point is, you have to be present. You know, you have to be. You you can't just uh, go through the motions. You have to be present and looking and listening and paying attention so that you can respond to things, what somebody has written on their T-shirt, you know, if they mention something about where they're from or something, to be able to connect to that and, and
0: again, make them feel special. What are some of the tips or tricks do you have for that? Because in, in all situations of life, there are things that are, you know, could be felt as monotonous as you said, where you're just like, if I have to say that uh-huh. one more time, I am going to just right, right. lose it. So what, what are some tricks do you have for people to, to not have that be so mundane and to really truly feel right. what, what you want to.
1: To have a sense of play, you know, to, to, to have a sense of, of playing with people. And, and, and so again, it goes back to that, that, being present, to notice what they have written on their, their shirt, to hear what they're saying, to notice their accent and where they're from. And, you know, just to, to, to have that sense of playing with people and interacting with them and, you uh, you know, you hear that Southern, that really Southern accent. And, you know, and you, just, you say, oh, so you're from New York, you know, <laughs> and everybody laughs and has a good time and uh, they know they they appreciate that attention to detail. So for me, I always had the goal of making people smile, you know, even if I only had moments with them, if I could at least make them smile with something that I say, something that I do then i could put a check in the wind column and and uh so that was always my goal
0: that's wonderful you you mentioned everything speaks and the uh, one of my colleagues i i swear i think he says that in his sleep after the very first time that we we saw you speak and uh-huh. he just that is we tease him all the time because if if he says that 30 times a day he says it <laughs> 50 times. And he really, he, he believes it and, you know, understands the the message that you've always conveyed. And I don't think that people realize, you know, big picture when you're, when you're doing something that you are on stage, regardless of what your job or position is. And, you know, example, I could just think of quick at the grocery store, you know, lines are backed up and then you see two people in a uniform over chatting. Now they might be on their break, they might be cracking, you know, very serious problem that's going on in the world, whatever. But you are like online, you see these lines backed yeah. up and then you see two people over there chit chatting. Right. So yeah. we don't know that they might be taking care of something very serious or what's going on. But the appearance is those two people are not working. Right. Well, I'm standing in line. Right. So. Right. You have to look at that and just simple things. I've seen even car dealerships. I went to pick up my vehicle the other day and I'm watching the girl tap all over looking for another customer's keys. And they're all like, where are the keys? And I'm Uh I'm watching all this and you are, are, everything speaks was going through my head because I thought, oh my gosh, if they're this disorganized and can't find the keys, what are they doing with my keys? Why are they Mm. not, you know? And so even though it was a beautiful dealership, even though they had, you know, really nice attention to me, you know, when I came in and said, do you want water? Do you all of that stuff? What I left there thinking was, holy cow, you know, they were unorganized. And because yeah. they were in their own little world and they were not speaking directly to me, they just thought, OK, like kids, you know, OK, you put your hands over your face and your eyes and right. so nobody can see you. Right. So right. it's. That's just so crucial, I think, to business today. And hey. more importantly, you know, everybody just searches for Google Place now, right? I mean, the the loyalty to brands or to businesses, I think, you know, has, has really dropped off. My my right. kids are an example. They're in their 20s. And boy, they'll, wherever side of town we're on, they'll Google to get a haircut, which I would, holy cow, stick a hot poker in my eye before I just Googled and went to strange hair person, but yeah, they don't. So unless somebody's really wowing them, right. You're just a Google place. So right. this all everything you've been doing for years, I think is almost even more important now than it was before because you have to build that brand and that following, right? And that loyalty to what you do.
1: You've got to create an experience and and your know, products, pricing, your know, services, people can duplicate those. You know that's why they'll just Google to see where the closest place to get the haircut is. I'm just just gonna get a haircut. But if you you can provide, (laughs) if you can provide a unique, engaging experience, that's what creates the loyalty. Where you think, you know, this place was really good. This person was really nice. They listened to me. They talked to me. They. They understood what I was, what I was looking for. They asked the right questions. You know, all of those sorts of behaviors create loyalty because they're different. You, you don't get those at most places. At most no, places, no, the employees are just kind of going through the motions, doing the task. It's a, a task mentality versus an experience mentality. And so the, everything is about the experience nowadays. And, and that's why when you think about you know, favorite restaurants or favorite stores, it's usually not just about the product that they're offering. It's about the, it's about everything. It's about how they welcome you, how they talk to you, how they engage you. That's what, that's what makes you say, when I, when I need this again, this is where I'm coming. Um, even though it might not be the most convenient place in the world. I'm coming here because that's why, you know, at Disney, with the prices and, you know, it's it's usually a long way away for people. You know, their goal is when you leave at the end of your vacation, they want you to have one thought in mind, which is can't wait to come back. Can't wait to come back.
0: So you just mentioned two things, the pricing and the wait. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of business owners and automotive repair uh, facilities that say, I can't raise my labor rate because I'll be more expensive than everyone else. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm booked out a week or two weeks or that. And they just go into a panic mode when you talk about (laughs) probably the most expensive place on Earth would be Disney. I I don't think I've been to many places. Yeah, more expensive than that, but yeah. people wait online for hours. I mean, think about what what is set up there, right? You you pay an arm and a leg by anybody's uh-huh. standard. You have to wait on lines that could be three hours, four hours long. I mean, yeah, packed crowds, just all of that. Yeah, but but they go. So they go. you know, no one is sitting back at Disney going, "Yeah, we can't raise our rates. We don't want to be more expensive than anybody else." And right. Holy cow, you know, we we better get them on a ride in five minutes or you know. Uh, so so why is that? How did they build that?
1: Well, now they do pay attention to those things because there's a threshold, obviously, right. that that you can't go over. So they do pay attention to those things. But the secret to it is if you're adding more value than what the cost is, that's that's where the magic is. If people say, And even Walt Disney, when when he started Disneyland, he got slammed for charging admission because most carnivals back then didn't charge admissions. They charged a ticket for every ride, you know, and and at Disneyland, there was an entrance fee and I think it was 75 cents. (laughs) And uh, he got he got slammed for that. And his philosophy, and it still makes sense to me, is. It's not so much what people think when they're coming in, it's what they're thinking when they're leaving. You know, did they get value for that, that exceeded the cost? And as long as the answer to that is yes, then you're going to have loyal customers. If the answer to that is no, that, wow, that was so expensive, you know, and it really wasn't worth it, that's when people don't come back. So that's the mindset that they have to go through over and over before they raise costs is, is this going to add more value that that people say, yes, that
0: is more value. that,
1: That is a value to me and I'm willing to pay it.
0: There are people out there willing to pay for a lot of things. When I hear businesses saying it's dead, no one's out, you know, no one's spending money right now. It's that time of year, especially now around the holiday season, yeah. we'll, we'll frequently hear that excuse, you know, oh, it's holiday season, nobody's spending money. And it's like you drive by the other day, I drove by Fogo de Chao, I think is how you say it, the Brazilian steakhouse. I think it's uh-huh. $60 a head. There wasn't any room in the parking lot. Right. There wasn't, right. you know, That's the mall. Example. Right. All of that. And so it's, is, is your establishment is your business and is your level of service, the place where they want to go and spend money yeah. because they are spending money. They are spending it's just, money. where are they spending it? Right. And right. so to have that blanket and those blinders of it's just there at this time of year, people don't spend money. They sure as heck do <laughs> and yeah. they spend a lot of money. Right. So how yeah. Do do it?
1: Yeah. That, <laughs> that is, that is true. You know, there's, there's people who are willing to spend the money, as long as they're getting the value for it. that's that's the key. And uh, so when you look at restaurants, you look at stores, you look at any type of establishment, there are some out there that are extremely busy. You know, their parking lots are full. So they're doing something right. And in my opinion, uh, the thing that they're doing right is they're creating a positive experience for their for their customers. In addition to selling whatever it is they sell,
0: that's it. Gosh, I just wish everybody can you just just come on over and just talk <laughs> to everybody all the time every day and and talk because when when you think about it, it almost seems simple, right? Yeah, <laughs> make sure your your value exceeds the you know your price, right? And and that you're wowing them every time. But it's something for some reason a lot of businesses fall short on, especially when they're shorthanded. So right now yeah. I see a huge example of this because many restaurants, automotive repair shops, I'm sure bakeries, every business you can think of, they're shorthanded. Mm-hmm. And so you know they they're almost like rude. And like, oh, we don't have any people, you know, like too bad. This yeah. is yes. It's going to take a long time or whatever. But, right, you know, right. we're shorthanded. Like their problem is now my problem. So I don't want to share in those problems. Mm-hmm. Now, if they were nice and, you know, wowed me and kind of let me know what was going on as things were going and were seemed happy to be there and grateful that I was there instead of I'm an inconvenience because they're short What's some advice do you have for what's going on today? There are always things you can
1: do, even when you're shorthanded, just that smile. You know, when you when you see somebody, a customer or a guest, and you just give them that smile, or you just say, I know it's been a long wait time, I apologize, we are shorthanded, we, we're, we're getting to you, but please accept my apology you know most of the time most people are going to accept that not everybody you know not everybody but most people are, are are good people and understand it's when they're ignored that's when that's when they get upset when they feel like you don't see me you don't you don't understand that 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 I'm there waiting but if somebody comes over to me and, and just says a few kind words to me it says, you know, I know we're running long and I apologize for that. We're going to get to you just as soon as we can. Please don't leave. You know, those are the kinds of things that uh, make me appreciate, okay, at least they're trying. And, uh, and And it's the ones that don't try, the ones that ignore the problem. And just are looking down, not paying attention. They don't want to make eye contact with anybody. Uh, that's where that's that's where you run into the problem.
0: Because if they don't make eye contact, we won't notice that they're not waiting. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. That's
1: right. They they think if I don't see you, you don't see me. I'm not. I don't even want you to look at me. But when you give the person that eye contact and you know those kind words, most people again, not everybody but most people are, are understanding.
0: Well, absolutely. And just, I know as a consumer, when someone at least smiles or acknowledges and is like, gosh, we're, you know, I'm going to get to you just as soon as I can. You know, we have some constraints today with whatever's going on. I want them to succeed. I want them to have a good day at work. And you know, I'm, I'm happy to wait, but when they ignore you, that that's an entirely different story or they're rude. I see some people now they're just rude. Like, We're shorthanded, like too bad. You know, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. Okay, I will gladly, you know, go somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: And there (laughs) are plenty of places to go. There are plenty of places to go that sell exactly the same thing. And uh, so it's that, it, it goes back to being present and understanding what people are going through. And it's not easy. If it's easy, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So I don't I don't want to make it sound like it's a simple thing to do. It's a challenging thing to do to stay present and stay pleasant and and happy or at least appear happy even when things are going crazy. I remember, you know, working at Disney World. There were times when we would have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people a day there and you only have seconds with them and it's just jam packed and you're crowded and they're asking questions and they're 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 asking ridiculous questions (laughs) and everybody wants an answer right away and you know there are times when you just want to scream but you had to say no this is the job this is what I this is what I signed up for and you do the best you can do and as I said earlier my goal was just to get people to smile or laugh if I could do that uh, then I could put a check mark in the win column, and uh, and it, it went back to just you know trying to have some fun with it with the whole thing. No matter one of the chapters of one of my books is have fun with the job, no matter how miserable you feel, because there are times when you're going to feel miserable, and that's when you need to look for the fun.
0: And everybody needs needs to read that. So you have worked with companies and people all over the world and Mm -hmm. some pretty big companies like Exxon and AT&T and Coca-Cola, just a few of them. What is something that you universally see, or that's a recurring pattern you see unproductive habits in business leaders?
1: Yeah. One of the things that I see that is a missing element, and it's not necessarily an unproductive habit, but it's a missing element is that many companies don't take the time to to think about what the experience is supposed to be. You know, what do we want the guest or or the customer experience when they enter our auto dealership or whatever it may be? What do we want that experience to look like, to feel like, to sound like, you know, to all of those things? What do we want it to be? Because then once you have identified that, then everything else starts to fall into place. So then what do our people need to be doing? Who do we need to be hiring? What do we need to be training them on? Um, if you don't know what the experience is supposed to be, everybody just kind of does their own thing and they're making it up as they go along. And so you have a company of 50 people in 50 different ways of delivering the experience, which is not a good thing. So at Disney, they have a very, and and the world-class organizations, they're very clear on what that experience is supposed to look like, sound like, and feel like. And that's one of the top recommendations that I, I give to clients that I work with is step one, let's identify that experience that you're looking for.
0: I love that. And that's something that everyone listening can do right now, today, as soon as they listen to to this, Mm -hmm. right, is to start doing that too. And one more question before before we go today, after when COVID first happened, Mm -hmm. you and I had had a conversation and you were actually on my morning show, we talked about how as the world was coming back online again that you better believe that Disney and Universal and all of those as they were opening back up were sending people, you know, to the other camps to see how are they handling this? How many right. people are they letting in? Can you share with our listeners how important it is to really examine the data of, of what's happening and to be aware yeah. of?
1: Yeah, it's very important to be out there looking at what other organizations and, and other industries what they're do, what they're doing, because there are ideas out there that you can apply to your own operation uh, about just about anything. And so I always say, when you're out there, you know, you're going out for a meal, you're going out shopping, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, to be watching, to be listening. What's something that that? Oh, you know, that's a good idea. We should be doing that because things are moving too fast now to to operate in a bubble. Uh, If you're operating in a bubble, you're behind the game. So there are always things to learn from other organizations, from other industries that you can apply in terms of, you know, the the, the experience itself from training to, to onboarding new people to wait times, you know, all, all of those things. I had a doctor appointment just recently and they had a board up with everybody with everybody's first name and last initial and the expected wait time that everybody had. So it said Dennis S, you know, 20 minutes. That was my way. So I, I, I knew what my wait time was going to be rather than sitting there just twiddling my thumbs thinking, how long is this going to last? How long is this going to last? And I know they got that idea from some that idea from somewhere else. And but it was a great idea and and uh, made the wait time bearable because I knew exactly what it was going to be.
0: And I and I bet it cut down on a lot of extra work for the people working there because then Dennis S wasn't walking up to the window every five minutes saying, right. Are they calling me in soon? Are they calling me in soon? Are they calling me in soon? So exactly, wonderful. Well, fantastic advice. And everybody, if you take anything away from today, which there were a ton of things, but make sure that you're writing out and, and talking about what do you want that experience to be for sure. And remember that everything speaks from your logo to gum wrappers in your parking lot to people smiling or sitting on the cell phone everything speaks good and not so good right so exactly uh, there's all of that so she'll remember that phrase well thank you so much for joining me oh it's my pleasure and hopefully you will be back to share some more secrets and uh, hope so everybody stay safe make good choices and stay inspired and i will see you next week bye-bye thank you thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.